Hey guys, this is Brandon, your bilingual industry management and production entrepreneur. We're here today with Nano on Nano to the World episode 31, and I'm excited to bring to like I don't really Are you going to be able to talk in that tone for the entire episode? Maybe. That sounds so like Today we're going to be talking now, Mike. No, no, no. It does sound <laughs> professional, but it makes me feel uneasy, so let's just go to the normal stuff again, okay? Can't that be like my normal voice? Like just change it to be that but you have a good enough radio voice as it is so let's 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 do this as we're we talking do. we're talking about radio voices right now mm -hmm. but there's a voice that i heard last weekend mm -hmm. that i want to talk about oh really during this episode oh really do i know this voice i think you do i do there was a certain someone uh who was up on a certain stage oh really at a certain venue oh this is interesting here in japan here in japan and i was Totally floored by the emotion, the raw power, the versatility, the flexibility, and the range of the voice that I heard on that stage at an event at a certain venue here in Japan. Now, who could that possibly be? Okay, um, just taking a wild guess. Um, I might be totally wrong, and if I'm wrong, I'm really, <laughs> really sorry. But uh, could it possibly be me? Nano had her 10th anniversary live, Rock Woo! and Rainbow, last weekend. Yay! First of all, happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. You know, we didn't, I don't think we said it because the episodes that came out previous to this one were while we were with uh, Lady Beard and Kathy Cat. So I don't think it came up necessarily yeah. that those episodes are going to be released around Nano's birthday. But mm -hmm. here we are a couple weeks later for you guys that are Thank listening, but happy you. birthday. Thank you. Um, I was very lucky to have the opportunity to get invited to go visit, you know, Nano at her 10th anniversary concert. Um, it was back on July 9th. So that was last weekend yeah. uh, for us recording here today. Yes. It says here that the set list is up on Spotify. It is. Um, this time, it was the first opportunity that actually had to officially release my entire set list uh, playlist officially on Spotify. So it's up there now. Yeah. So you guys want to go check it out and see what I sang and to experience that sort of um, flow of songs and stuff. But anyways, it's it's... Yeah, the set list was so 
so difficult for me to select the songs to pack into my just, you know, less than two hour show. Like I had so many memories and so many important songs that I wanted to sing, but, you know, it's impossible to sing all of them. Mm. So, you know, I had to decide what songs were right for this 10th anniversary show and what I wanted to, what kind of message I wanted to um, put into each song. And so anyways, so, you know, just just the entire preparation for the for the show this time was a lot more... It took a lot more effort and it took a lot more time than I think my past shows, just because it's such a big milestone for me, you know, 10 years. What do I search? I'm going to search here on Spotify right now just to make sure I can find it. But um, if you just type in Nano Rock and Rock Rainbow, um, it comes up like the yeah. first thing. Just be careful, like if you don't um, read Japanese, because it mm-hmm. only comes up in Japanese. Oh, really? I think it's it's hitting on the words rock and rainbow because the, the title is in English. Mm-hmm. Um, but when the playlist actually comes up, it just comes up in katakana. Ah, okay. So Nano search... Debut Live, so. Yeah, so search um, rock and rainbow. Mm. Ro- and it's the first thing that comes yeah, up. Yeah, rock rainbow, yeah. you know. So, yeah, Nano anyways, rock rainbow thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, you know, like, it's my 10th year this year, and I made a major debut in 2000. Uh, 12 and it's been a really long journey for me so being able to i felt really lucky that i was able to do my 10th year concert um now because if it was last year the last year before then i probably wouldn't have been able to do it with actual um live crowd Mm -hmm. and this time i was able to do it with a live crowd in japan and it was so just moving seeing the entire crowd there in the packed, you know, live house. And yeah, it was just, I, I can't even express in words how fulfilling it was for me. But I, for, anyway, since I'm so totally like, you know, lost for words right now, I just want to hear like, Brandon, what your. Like what? What? What did you get out of it? What did you sure. feel about it? Um, so, for me, like I have a bunch of questions I wanted to ask you about, okay. like what went into the planning for it, yeah, like why you chose like the order of the songs, for example, yeah. in the set list and so on. But the first thing that sticks in my mind, like about the whole experience, was that something. So we uh, bringing back another thing that we talked about um, on Lady Beard and Kathy Cat's show, the comment that you made to me at Animax Osaka many years ago, mm-hmm. which was, I wish you could see the view from the stage. Mm. It's amazing. I wish you could see it. And we talked about it in the previous episode. You guys go back and listen to that one if you haven't heard it. But that also stuck in my mind this time at this venue, at this particular mm. event. When it's specifically, it's a physical image that, you know, we'll try to, I'll try to explain it to the audience right now. When people have their arms up in the air, you know, they're, you know, if it's an idol concert, they have pen lights in their hands, for example, and they're waving pen lights or just whatever, they're cheering or whatever with their arms up in the air. And the direction that their arms are pointing is always focused towards the artist. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not in straight lines generally, Mm -hmm. but all of the energy in that particular room is focused on one particular person. Mm -hmm. And this time at Nano's concert, thank you very much, Hody Pro. I had, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, what, VIP access or whatever you want to call it. I was invited as a guest, right? 
So I was sitting on the second floor of this venue. And when you're in the crowd and you're standing in the crowd, you know, you're, you see yourself and you see the wall of people around you. You don't see the whole picture, but Mm -hmm. sitting above the crowd, Mm -hmm. you know, and by the way, as you all, you know, veterans of the uh, eventer industry know, being a Concacia, a VIP person sitting up there is usually extremely boring because you can't Mm -hmm. cheer, you can't clap, you can't do all those other things. And everyone around you is really silent. And everyone is very silent (laughs) and, you know, it's all suits and, you know, people that you don't want to, you know, go crazy in front of. However, one of the good things about sitting in that kind of section is that you get to see the whole audience. Yeah. And... All of the energy in that room was pointed directly at you. Mm-hmm. And I was, it su- not surprised me because I've seen it before, but like the, f- the fact that you can create that environment, you know, obviously you can create that environment. Talents create that environment. You know, it, it amazes me every time I see it. Mm. And I saw that again this time. Mm. But... To turn that, you know, discussion on its head, what did you see from the stage? Now that I've described that, what do you see from the stage and what do you get out of that? This is so interesting because, okay, just hearing this is really moving for me because, of course, but the one thing I, in this, in my life that I will never be able to achieve is to watch my own concert, right? Right. Maybe, like, videos of it, but... um, I will never be able to actually watch my own concert in person. And so hearing what it's like to be in the crowd or the watching side of it. Yeah. So like it's really moving for me. And um, my experience is something also that maybe the fans will never, you know, be able to see from the stage. Right. And so like, but each person that takes part in these concerts they all have a different perspective. They all have a different view. And each of those is so special, I think. And from my stage side, I don't know, like doing a solo concert as opposed to a event is that everyone in the crowd is there solely for me in a way, you know? Yes. So that's, so special and moving just to like the first step onto that stage and seeing the crowd for the first time is always the moment that makes me the most joyed but nervous and like like it's it's the rush it's the instant rush of like adrenaline when I first step onto the stage and sometimes um depending on like my mindset or my emotion or my mental state at the time, sometimes it overwhelms me. Sometimes it just doesn't, it just makes me very, very happy. And I'm, you know, okay with it. But I've had like my first ever concert at Shinkiba, which was in front of 2000 people. And it was my debut concert. I was honestly. 2000 people for a debut concert is is quite, yeah. it's crazy. And it was the first time I actually went face-to-face with my fans right? in person. And so it was more overwhelming than joy, to be honest. Mm. But this time, I don't know how to express it, but I can definitely say that my first impact, my sort of with the crowd, my, my face-to-face moment, there was only joy, like... 
all my nerves weren't there. I mm-hmm. didn't feel nervous at all. I usually, this is kind of like a behind the scenes thing about myself, but when I go on stage, I usually close my eyes and sing the first half of the song with my eyes closed. Hmm. And I try to focus in on myself to make sure that my singing doesn't just go over all sure, of the place sure, because sure. of nerves. But this time I did step out and close my eyes, but I didn't feel the nerves. And so I was like, what the hell am I doing? I'm going to enjoy every single <laughs> second of this. I'm going to look at the crowd and just enjoy every single moment. And so I opened my eyes and I enjoyed the first song without even feeling nervous. Mm-hmm. And that was probably one of the first times in my entire career that I felt mm. so, so relaxed. Mm-hmm. And... And then because of that, the entire concert itself went so smoothly, just vocally and emotionally and mentally. I was I was there the entire time. My nerves didn't get a hold of me in a weird way. Mm-hmm. And I was connected with the crowd, like in a way that I had never been connected with the crowd. So I'm getting really like emo right now, remembering <laughs> it. But, oh, just the view was the best view I'd ever had in my entire life. The order of the songs, mm-hmm. like this is something that as a you know manager, I've seen the back end of this, like the discussion on how, yeah. how you put together a set list. But like, tell me a little bit about why you chose the songs that you did in the order you did. And just for my you know personal gratification, uh, Our Glass Story is yeah. one of my favorite nano songs. You, ooh, I, I'm so happy about that. Um, just because I'm a sucker for any song that has piano instrumentals in it. Oh. Um, and so please tell me a little bit about that one specifically. Yeah, well, like like I said um, just now, like the reason I um, usually put Never Ever Land in the first as the first song in my set list is because it opens up with the piano. Yeah. And it opens up with me uh, just mostly just with the piano and it's very like um, a ballady type opening mm-hmm. and so I'm able to sort of put myself in a relaxed mode and set myself like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna open up a concert right now and so it's like a, mo- a me moment like that intro sure and then it sort of starts energetically and winds up and so and it kind of revs up the crowd it's i think it's a good rever upper Hmm. like an engine starter and so i always put like never ever land i like to put it as a first song and then from there i like to choose songs that rev up the crowd so i my second song was born to be and then after that came scarlet story but all these songs this time i chose not only because of like the tempo or the um the like the feel of the song it was more because each song that i put into my set list this time has some sort of story or um emotional message behind it that I really felt like within my 10 years, it holds a very, very deep meaning for me. Hmm. And Born to Be was one of those earlier songs of mine that really connected me with my uh, band that I've been performing with for a very long time now. And the band that actually supported me this time, um, all the members are members that have been working with me since like my debut or a little later than that but we have a very very deep connection and born to be is definitely one of those songs that me and my band uh, loved um 
over the years. And then Scarlet Story was one that also was one that was one of the first songs that I did entirely in English. Mm-hmm. And it was a NHK um, tie-up song. So that was very, very a big sort of turning point in my life for me. So Scarlet Story was there. And then, of course, here comes some of the bigger numbers. The hits, that yes. The hits songs that everyone wants to hear. They, of course. They have come to hear. So No Pain, No Game is a huge tie-up that I did for Batum. Bullseye was a huge tie-up that I did for Aria. And so, like, you know, I did some of the big numbers. And then comes the corner where I want to sort of take a breath of fresh air and give like the audience a little bit of time to cool down and the corner comes for dream catcher which was um one of the most sort of important songs for me because um like i said in the mc um it was written by uh west ground who wrote most of my anime tie-ups for me Hmm. and i really really wanted to dedicate this song particularly to west ground because i without him i would not be who i am and i would not be here so i wanted to dedicate that to him and after that here comes hourglass story Mm -hmm. which you you said you enjoyed which i'm really happy about because this is a song within my set list that I actually wrote myself. Mm-hmm. So it's an original song that I not only wrote the lyrics for, but the actual song itself. And I was really happy with um, being able to make this song into shape and put it into my latest um, album, and Thesis, yep. which was released during um, the pandemic. And... This song I actually wrote when I was in my teens. Hmm. And it... That long ago. Yes. And I actually... It was something I really, really treasured and kept in my heart for the longest time. It's a story about um, when I first came to Japan, actually. And the sort of hurdles and the hardships that I had when I first started off in Japan. And even before my debut as an artist. So the story within is very, very deep for me. And I actually like the lighting and all these things, you know, when you're when you're planning a concert are very important as well. And the staging and the lighting and everything. And I asked, I personally asked my lighting team and my staff, I said, this song, please turn down the lights mm-hmm. um, in yep. the beginning because I want to just focus in on myself and I want people to focus in on the lyrics and the, the voice only mm-hmm. and not anything else. And so I said, please don't put the spotlight on me or anywhere. Just I want to sing in pitch black. And so they did that for me. And I don't know, but this is the most personal song in the entire, not just in the set list, but... In the songs that I've done as well, it's one of the most personal songs of mine. And so I'm, I'm personally happy that you said you liked this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, they, I think that that's probably why it stands out to me so much. Mm. You know, I mentioned the piano, but mm. um, it the message behind it and the feeling behind it definitely hits different mm. is what I felt. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I was I just knew that I had to do this song in this set list. And then I wanted to, after that, like give myself a little breath of air because I needed to, um, you know, I, I get into really emo state in, um, 
introverted state when I sing this song. Mm-hmm. So I needed to switch gears. And so I did a little intermission there. And I had the band do a little bit of, you know, fancy band work. Mm-hmm. And then I went backstage and I changed my outfit and then came back with um, Be Free, which is a very, like, bright, digital sounding, completely different from Hourglass Story. Mm. And... The, the crowd gets back into gear again. And then after that, this comes the corner where I do just a bunch of newer material of mine. Like, not... It's it's a, a lot... Like, my newer material sounds very different from, like, my older uh, material, like No Pain, No Game and Bullseye and stuff. So I wanted to give a taste to the crowd of the, the newer me. So I did uh, All I Need, which is off Anthesis, Line of Fire, which is also off Anthesis, and then um, we're back to my big hits again. Hmm. Like, I wanted to finish off with a bang. So I did Now or Never. And then I went to Save Your Song. And then after that, this was the first time I actually invited a guest on stage. Yes. And so I invited Sheen Manahiro, which um, I met through music within the recent years. He's been writing some of my newer songs for me, which includes Inside My Core and my newer song, Happiness, and a bunch of other stuff. So he joined me on stage. And uh, it it, it was really exciting having two guitars on stage with Hmm. me. And I had a lot of fun having like a packed stage with you right. know my musician friends. So I also thought it was quite you know it's uncommon mm-hmm. I guess because up until this point the nano band has usually been a three piece yeah. band and then to have a fourth person come on and be able to hear that is this technical stuff. But like when um, you had your guest guitarist mm-hmm. Sheen come out on stage, um, and then you played the next song. Sheen was the lead guitar in that yeah. song, and Omi. Um, immediately switched to being rhythm guitar. Yeah. And so I'm sorry. That, like, from a fan perspective, like, you're probably paying attention to the artists and listening to the song and, and enjoying and screaming and whatever. From a management perspective, I'm sitting back and I'm, like, noticing these little differences oh, when the so band changes, right? that's so important, too, right? And so I... The smoothness with which he changed from being lead guitar to being the rhythm guitar mm-hmm. and then the different solos that each person was doing within that... Um, you know, I was just quite impressed by the technical skill. That's something that really stuck with me as well. Yeah. And then, you know, after that, um, we finished with my newest song. And for this newest song, actually, well, when I went to Hawaii, we made it okay. But for the fr- it was the first time in Japan that right. I made it okay for the crowd to uh, um, take out their cameras and their right. smartphones and uh, shoot the song. Have and it right so, here. wow, you have a branded version. Of course I do. Awesome. And, you know, the crowd was so happy about that. And I was so happy that they were happy about it. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted everyone to take a, a bit of the concert home mm-hmm. and um, for the, in their memory because, you know, um, it does fade away after a while. And sure. I, I didn't want this, this important milestone to fade away so quickly. So I was really happy that I was able to do that in Japan. And then, oh, I have to I have to talk about this. Okay, so we went into the encore, and then um, I sung a Vocaloid cover. And before that, though, I was I was getting ready to sing the Vocaloid cover, and then all of a sudden, like in my earphones, like okay, I'm expecting to hear the intro of the Vocaloid song, and all of a sudden, <laughs> like Happy Birthday starts playing. Na, 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 na. I, didn't, I didn't realize what was going on in the beginning. I was so totally getting into the mode of singing, and then this comes on, and I'm like, what, what just happened? 
and everything goes like blank in my mind and then someone brings out a cake and I'm like oh my gosh I cannot believe this is happening like oh my gosh I so totally like forgot where I was and who mm -hmm. I was in that moment but oh my it was the first time I had a birthday celebration on stage right, during the right. concert and so it was like I've seen this like happen <laughs> to other, other people, right. to other people, but not myself. And so that happened, and I nearly started crying. And I was like, "Wait, wait, wait!" But I have to sing after this. And then you know, we we go into the next song. I, I was I was highly amused that you trying to hold the cake and also your mic at the same time. <laughs> like I thought that was it was a yeah it was a funny scene. No, but the cake was so heavy. I was like, right. "I'm so gonna drop right, this." Right, no, because I was I was almost expecting you to drop the cake. But you I, didn't. I was like, didn't, I just course, can't but... drop the cake. <laughs> My life depends on it. No, but and then after that, we went through and you know sang two songs, and this was the part that I really, really was so most surprised about was that once we all like this entire show was over the encore was over and me and my band were in the um, dressing room we were like oh it's yeah, that was awesome you know now we're gonna you know head home after this and everything and then the staff was like um you know uh there's a sudden change in plans um can you Go back on stage. With the <laughs> is band. that what they said? Um, you know, they're, 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 the crowd isn't leaving, and the, they have us. They're they're calling for you again. So this is completely unplanned. But can you do a second encore? And I'm like, what? <laughs> Wait, does it actually happen? And then we went back, and everyone like was like, what? So what do we do during the second <laughs> encore? Like all the all the. PA stuff. The, the 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 guitars are off. Um, we right. can't play a song. So like I ended up doing a little. You know I don't know. You you were the one man band as I yeah remember. I did I did a one man band where I did like guitar oh, sounds and guitar drum sounds. sounds and drum sounds and <laughs> but you know I just feel like not I don't know I don't know about the crowd because I'm I wasn't a part of the crowd but. Just talking in terms of me and the band and the staff and the entire team that made this um, concert happen, the satisfaction and the joy we got at the end, it was incredible. And it was something we had never experienced before. And days after the concert itself, we were still like in a daze, like, mm. oh, that was so fun and so satisfying and I can't wait to do the next one. And like just the overall satisfaction of the, the concert was something that we had never experienced before. And hopefully the crowd felt the same way. And like, I just, I don't know, I was so happy to be able to have, celebrated such an, an incredible milestone of my career in such a wonderful way and to have so many of my friends and family and fans come together and join me for that and yeah and I, I was actually really really happy that you came to to watch because you know we've been doing this podcast together for nearly a year now but um it's not you know often that I'm able to invite you to one of my concerts, especially a solo concert. Right. And you've you've been to like um, events and stuff of mine, and you know we've shared like the same event and stuff. But thank you for allowing me to share that environment with you. And 
gain even a small amount of the energy and the power that you were able to put out on stage to the audience and you know it lifted my spirit certainly Mm. to be able to see you enjoying it and Mm -hmm. getting the opportunity that you got to after such a long time with all the pandemic stuff Mm. that's been going on but yeah um i really appreciated that opportunity as well so thank you no thank you and you know i do hope that we keep rocking on whatever we do even if our fields are different in the entertainment industry like the previous episode you know um you are going overseas again and trying to promote the Japanese content to the world and me I want to go overseas more and I'm planning to be able to do as many overseas shows as I can in the future and so hopefully like you know that happens for the both of us this is a great place to finish off I will be at AnimeThon in Edmonton Canada August 5th to the 7th so anyone in Canada listening to this please do uh, come by and rock on with me. And do you have anything you want to talk about, about like future stuff that you might be able to share now? Or um, I guess the only thing that's going on right now is um, I announced it on my Twitter, mm-hmm. um, but the soccer anime shoot Go to the Future is right now out on Crunchyroll. Ooh. Uh, for those of you who are overseas. But sports animes. I love sports animes. It's also here on TV in Japan, and uh, you will find my name in the credits. Uh, as assistant producer for the anime so um, definitely check it out uh, the response that we've gotten back for episode one and episode two has been quite interesting really um, there's you know a certain character that's making quite a splash um, so I was quite interested to see the response back to that but um, definitely check it out um, if you're interested in supporting me and supporting the content that I've worked on uh, that's one of them that's going on right now so I hope yes, you enjoy. please do check it out you guys that's so cool to have your name actually in the credits and you know yeah I'll check that out as well so awesome okay so that kind of wraps it up for today's episode but uh, Brandon you want to go over the SNS stuff as usual Yep, you can find us on Twitter at NTTWOfficial. You can also find us on Instagram at NanoToTheWorld, all one word. Uh, you can hashtag, you can hashtag us. You can tweet at us using the hashtag <laughs> NanoToTheWorld. Um, make sure you go ahead and give us any comments or suggestions or anything that you want to talk to us about. And at some point, we will probably read over those and either it will make it onto the show or we will talk about it amongst ourselves and make it happen in real life. So uh, looking forward to seeing all those comments and questions and whatever else from you guys. Thank you so much for listening again today and see you next time. This was Nano and Brandon. Rock on! Rock on! Woohoo!